1: Oh, hi everyone and welcome to Hull Radio. I'm your host for the evening, Chris Hambling. Uh, joining me today to discuss the uh, the week's events are Mark Ross and Matt Packham. We've also got Aaron in the background helping out the producer um, and, and reading us some of your emails later on. Uh, before I talk to the guys, I'll, I'll tell you about the ways in which you can contact us tonight. Uh, we're on Twitter. It's twitter.com forward slash Hull Radio. Start your message with at Hull Radio. Uh, we're on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash whole Radio, we'll pick up the messages there. Uh, if you want to go into the, the chat room on Homesdale and join some interesting people, or potentially no one, it's uh, www.hullradio.net forward slash chat. Uh, you can give us a call any it's 0208 123 1646, uh, calls charged at your local rate and will come out of your bundle. Uh, or you can email us, it's radio at um it'd be great to hear from you or any subject you like really well I say any subject you like preferably palace related um but it'd be great to to hear from you and it, it certainly helps us with the flow of the show the flow of the show oh anyway that's that's that out of the way um well first of all i'm gonna i'm gonna say a big hello to to mark hi mark good evening chris good evening how are you Indeed. Uh a flu. I've got flu. Um obviously I'm uh, I'm soldiering on with the show. i forgot to turn my mobile phone on silent, I don't know if you heard it there. But um yeah, I'm I'm not too bad. Uh, how about yourself, mate?
2: Yeah, good thanks, good thanks. Uh surviving, as they say. Yeah. Mm. Now you uh, didn't
1: go, go on, I was gonna say you didn't go up to Cardiff say no, uh, no. so
2: you were you were spared that. Um
1: yes. You were yeah, you were at the the Portsmouth game which we'll talk a bit about, That's but have you recovered correct. have you recovered from that experience?
2: Um. Yes, yeah, so it was rather um. Yeah, it was rather an offensive game of football, really. <laughs> That's about the best way I can describe it. But I'm sure we'll talk about that in more detail. Yeah, and I look forward to hearing about about Cardiff in more detail from mm. those that were there.
1: Yeah, I was. I was at least physically there anyway. Um, okay. Well, also a big, uh, big hello to Pax. Hello, Mr. Mat- Matthew Packham.
3: Yo 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 yo.
1: <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Uh, it sounded like you were saying yo, but I think you meant you. But no, I was, it was yo. Oh, was it? Uh, you? Well, was an early nineteen nineties greeting. I wasn't expecting that from you, but good stuff. Um, you, I was uh, well. I had the pleasure of your company uh, for the Cardiff game, so I won't ask you about that. But uh, have you done anything else interesting this week?
3: No, mate, chilled out. But one thing I'll say now is I'm not very happy about that you've quit the drink. No, um, I know. I was gutted when that comment
1: came. Well, it's got to happen. Um, As you know, as you know, Mister Packham, I'm incredibly fat, so um, so I'm trying to do something about that. So, uh, so certainly be quitting the drink. Um, Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, it's yesterday was my my final hurrah. So, thanks for that. All right, good stuff. And also, uh, Aaron, you should be in the background there. How are you? We haven't spoken to you for a while. No, nothing, nothing from Aaron. Oh, good, good. Seems fine. Alright, well, <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's happening so, there?
2: So, it, maybe Sorry. he's having a lie-down. Yeah. Hello, hello,
1: hello. Oh, there you go. Hi, Aaron. How, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Very good. The did you, by any chance, have your microphone on mute during that conversation?
3: I, I did. See how professional yeah. I am? So you don't get any background noise.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, speaking about growing noise, there's plenty now. All right, well, look, it's good to have you along again, mate, um, and we'll be uh, back over to you with some, some of the emails a bit later on, all right? Have a job, mate. Cheers, buddy. Nice one. All right. You can go back on mute now. Good man. <laughs> he is a pro he 's an absolute pro all right well that 's brilliant um obviously there's a a few bits and pieces to talk about um we 've got a special show Whole Radio extra tomorrow night starting at eight p m um, which i 'm sure plenty of you would be interested in listening to uh we 've got Gareth Southgate and Steve Parrish coming on to debate the merits or otherwise of the new uh of the e p p p the uh elite player performance plan there we go uh, obviously some very strong feeling on that um on some specific areas and a lot of people got some strong feelings about gareth southgate's uh, views on this so it'd be good very good to uh, to hear exactly why he, he gives it the support he does and uh, i know he's keen to come on and set what he sees setting the record straight and and clearing up some misunderstandings as well which would be nice um what we're going to do now, we're going to uh, talk about our our suggest- the thread of the week that we um, we picked out. It's from from dot net. Although there's as always, there's a, a very similar thread on the BBS relating to this. Uh, but it's the it's the ticket price uh, for Manchester United the Manchester United Cup game, and it's forty two pound a ticket for adults. Um, it, uh, well, the opening post of that particular thread on Homestale was two words. The second being off. Um, and the first could be a number but you know i think it was an f based word uh i've got my own views on on this uh, as a whole really but um it's very hard to justify that level um of of charge i mean people will find the money we'll take a big crowd up there we you know we (laughs) but well let's let's start with uh
2: let's start with you mark 42 pounds you gonna pay that i will uh slightly reluctantly i suppose. but the way I look at it is it's a one-off. Um, it's going to be a good experience for everyone concerned off, on and off the field. And um, considering the big uh, sort of uh, up-in-arms everybody was on that thread regarding how much West Ham are going to charge, which is about the same price as Man U are going to be charging us, and everyone wanted to, or certain people wanted to boycott... Mm. the West Ham game it's kind of ironic but uh I, I look at it I think uh it's it's fantastic for the club that we've been drawn <laughs> at Manchester the uh income we'll get will be very beneficial to the club obviously yeah. and um a few people may come out of the woodwork as has been suggested and I can understand people not going but um I'm I wouldn't miss it for the world. because to me this is just you know you know it doesn't come along very often. It's 1990 yeah. 90 yeah. revenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it is. It is extortionate. And we were sort of discussing before the show, weren't we, about what their sort of minimum price was. And I think somebody, I think Mikey looked it up. He said it was about 28 pounds for a ticket. And uh, somebody was saying that Cardiff have agreed. Was it 15? Yeah, against yeah, yeah. against Blackburn in the same round of the competition. So I don't know. It's uh, <clears throat> Greedy Northern something or other, <laughs> Palace, pa- Palace Passion wrote on, uh, on that thread. And yeah. uh, a lot of people, disgraceful, but whether they'll still go or not will be interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, there'll be about 6,000, 7,000 tickets for us, won't there? Oh. Uh, Nick, Nick, Nick Gussett tells us that I can could, I could hear myself back,
1: that's weird. Someone's, someone's got speakers up anyway. Um, yeah, Nick Gus is telling us that uh, that Arsenal-Man City is £20. Um, you think those two teams, £20. I mean, that's that's our regular Category B price in the, in the lower home So, I mean, you know, both teams have to agree on these prices, but when you've got a, a club like Man United with the, the outgoings that they have, um, you know, obviously they're a huge, huge money-making machine. They're not going to care about us. They know that we've got a few thousand people who'll pay it like you say, Mark, for the experience, and I know uh, Hibby Stew um, from Holmesdale uh, made, made similar points along the lines of, you know, it, it, he'll pay it because he's going to go and watch his team run out at Old Trafford, and they don't happen that often for Palace, certainly not these days, and you know, it's it's a £200 trip for him, I think he said, and it's can't he can't afford it, but yes, he'll go. Um, I think that's the same for many other people, but really it's you know, the game's also on sky, so I, I imagine a few people will just accept that but then at the same time that's kind of part of the problem isn't it that that a lot of this money uh going into the in into the game is is from sky and that's why ticket prices rise and wages rise and all this sort of stuff it's kind of a it's like you're kind of feeding the machine as
2: you go it doesn't matter really what you
1: do it's it's very frustrating um yeah but
2: it's um it's you know it's i can't say it's unexpected though and um you know at the end of the day uh you know everyone's entitled to make their own decision as to whether they want to go or not the thing that disappointed me the most was was the failure to get the tie played on the tuesday considering that we're playing on friday yeah uh and uh, you know and as much as we want a good cut run we also want to keep the momentum in the league which we've slightly lost a little at the moment and um and two games in sort of 48 hours is uh yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be hard you know but uh anyway you can't have everything but uh.
1: well i've just noticed pax had disappeared but i think he's back again now i wanted to ask him on this subject for, for you mate it's i mean it's a lot of money isn't it um you're gonna go i take it
3: yeah mate i'm definitely gonna be there but what my point is i hope it doesn't ruin the attendance i was expecting to easily be nine thousand up out there if not more i mean i know the yeah. maximum now is only 9,000. Where Actually, I thought 10, the yeah. least they could give us was 11. But I just hope to God that it doesn't ruin people or put them off from going, really. But i don't I'm think... definitely going to be there. I'm What I'm doing is I'm... I shouldn't really announce it on the radio, but I'm gambling <laughs> on buying a 16-, 17-year-old ticket. Yeah. Now it's £23.50, which is a lot more feasible than £42. Yeah. Yeah, but you look sixteen or
2: seventeen, though, don't you? Yeah, it's yeah. not actually—you're
1: not actually that far off that age, anyway. So, um, you know, I think it's a—it's a fair gamble for someone in your position. Don't think I could get away with it, do you? No, me uh, neither. Well, it depends how well this diet goes. <laughs> it's not—it's not going to—it's not going to ungray my hair or make any of it grow back, though, is it? So, well, I don't think it will. Um, <laughs> yeah, just want to quick uh, mention. Nick. Uh, Nick tells me that ad boy in the chat room is. Um, <laughs> is, uh, is saying they're taking advantage of lower league clubs so I'll talk about that in a little bit because he also says I could get in as an o- on an OAP ticket really not <laughs> happy about that at all um, but yeah I mean he's, he's, taking, advantage of, of yeah, he's totally taking advantage of lower league clubs that is the case he's certainly taking advantage of lower league clubs supporters I think but um but when you when you look at what we're going to get out of that game as a, as a football club you know we're going to get television money we're going to get uh, once the 10% has been handed over to the cup we get we get you know we get we split it with man united equally it's it's going to be a huge money making exercise for us as well as them so in some ways you know, if people are struggling to justify it, thinking I don't want to hand my money over to Manu, just remember half of it's going to, to Palace. And if that helps uh, a few more people justify getting getting up there and supporting the lads, then that's great. But um, it's certainly... A, it, well, it's certainly... Mass modern football It's one of the, the horrible aspects of modern football in that, you know, it's the game that people want to go to, supply and demand, so they know that we want to go to it. So they'll know we'll pay what we... Um, what we're asked to pay, which is incredibly frustrating. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, Mark, have you got any sort of further thoughts on it?
2: Well, I don't know if it's true, but I, I heard that they'd already sold 40,000 for it. Oh, um, really? Yeah, that Man U had already, yeah. So, I mean, it's gonna be a big crowd, whatever happens. I mean, as you say, 505050 50, 50, isn't it, split? Mm. So there's obviously gonna be some good income. From I don't know. I can't remember. I was trying to find where I saw saw that, but I can't at the moment because there's pages and pages on the <laughs> thread. Yeah, <But>, uh, <laughs> it's like needing a haystack. But uh, I should, you know, I don't know. What does anyone else think? You know uh, about the size of the crowds? Well, I think Pax is waiting to speak. Off you go, mate. Yeah. No,
3: I wasn't really so much on the size of the crowd. But I was just wondering. Do you know <coughs> how much they charge the away teams for the Carling Cup games before this? Or no, I don't even think
1: they played at home have they No, I don't think they have, no. But it's a it's a good question. But I mean there's there's so many different sort of uh, uh things going around I keep reading and I'm just I I'm never quite sure what the rules are for, for Cup games. I did see uh, someone suggesting that we that we had to agree to that price as a club, um, which seems a bit odd to me, but certainly certainly there's there's fans of theirs getting in cheaper than we're getting in for a start, I mean, which is immediately something that is going to stick in people's throat a little bit. Um, and you would certainly suggest that no one would have paid 42 quid in previous rounds if it had it even had it been at Old, Old Trafford and, and happily done that. We've got to a, a quarter final stage now, so it's not a big cup really anymore, but for a team like us, we don't see many quarter finals. So it, it's just one of those. I do feel we're being, we're being taken advantage of as a support rather than as a club, and it's it's you know really tough to take. Really,
2: I would have expected to play at least thirty to thirty-five anyway. To be yeah. honest, you, so.
1: But but when no. you think about this, it's, it's probably the, ne- the ne- sort of next part of this and uh, the sort of final part of this subject for us. Really, um, the people have compared it quite rightly to the Premier League prices that are being charged now. Uh, again, I'm not I'm not 100 on the accuracy of these, but someone was telling me that. That Chelsea were charging fifty-seven pounds for Arsenal fans, or something, the other way around or something like that. Uh, you've heard obviously QPR charging silly money for away fans, initi- at least initially. I'm not sure this. Yeah, no, che-
2: that, yeah that last week's game, that Chelsea Arsenal game, Arsenal were charged fifty-seven pounds by Chelsea last week. So
1: <laughs> gives you some idea. Yeah, I mean that's
2: that's kind of like
1: kind of like the thing we've got to uh, to look forward to should we should we ever actually get uh, well should we get back there and I'm, I'm sure under the current stewardship we will get back up there but uh, there's going to be a lot more threads and a lot more complaining um,
2: but you do get a, a prawn sandwich thrown in with that ticket though
3: I've heard that yeah you <laughs>
2: do yeah
3: not being funny though it, now the price has been given let's move on yeah. we're not going to be able to change it as much as we can debate and debate and debate nothing's going to change
1: yeah you're absolutely right pax and yeah it's better better that if, if people can go and i know there's a lot of the anger comes from people who actually can't go you know there's people who can't afford it and who may have been able to justify it had it been 20 quid cheaper but like you say pax it is what it is and it'd be great to see as many palaces up there as possible for what is bound to be a fantastic giant killing um and as as has been said revenge for 1990 um all right, uh, well, that's where we are with that. I'm sure that subject's going to run and run up until the point we, uh, we play the match. So uh, what we'll do now is we're going to talk a little bit about the, the Portsmouth game. It seems a while ago, but uh, Tuesday night, lovely cold Tuesday night, um, off we went, you know, just had a 0-0 against Reading. Don't get a lot of 0-0s, you know, certainly not this season as well. So feeling very, very happy about the whole thing and uh, looking forward to a lovely win. And what we got was... Um, something that was supposed to be a football match i'm not quite sure what it was um i think a lot of the threads or bbs and whole were essentially used one word and that word was boring um it seems harsh and certainly when you put it in and i, I want to give overall context to this because we're going to basically talk about two matches in a row that were were disappointing for a number of reasons uh, and what I want to do is I want to give context to that. We're doing very, very well as a club. Um, I don't have our unrealistic expectations. Per- per- personally, I-, I feel we are overperforming, if anything. Um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't mean our analysis shouldn't include the things that are wrong or the things that we that we didn't like. Uh, and certainly, I would say in terms of style, I-, I felt let down in in a lot of ways against Portsmouth. I don't think we we showed the ambition. Uh, Mark. Um, well well, in your opinion did did we start with the right formation
2: well it was quite an exciting team on paper Um, uh, but it just I don't know it was like it was just well it was the worst game of the season without a doubt home and away and um, I I don't know what you know there were just there were just we were just um, so void of ideas that's what Mm -hmm. it was in my, the way I looked at it, we were just, we didn't create anything, we had no spark, we looked like, you know, we were lethargic and tired, maybe we were, Uh, Mm. but going back to your initial question, about the lineup, I I thought, you know, on paper, it wasn't bad, I mean, uh, I was sort of fairly happy with with the lineup, and and the subs were quite exciting. They included cool. a key, Keith scanner and Easter on the bench. So I thought, well, if it doesn't work out, we've got we've got something on the bench. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk talk about that the bench. Uh, yeah. Well, with you later. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, Aaron's just Aaron's just said that he, he thought maybe we were sort of conserving for the Cardiff game um, and the team that was put out. I wasn't wasn't completely sure about that myself. I I think again I look looking at the lineup. I wasn't like you, Mark. I felt I felt it was one that could win. Obviously, we had uh, Jedynak missing, um, uh, who I think he had uh, um, I think he's both into labour at something like two a.m. So obviously, congratulations to him for for a new arrival. But. But he was missing, and and uh, KG stepped in, and, and John Williams wasn't didn't make the squad. Um, again, young lad, perhaps were being slightly over reliant on youngsters. Maybe, maybe that's something we can talk about a little bit later on as well. But um, but I don't know. KG coming into that side now. I, I'm a big fan of KG. I think some people kind of um, kind of expected a bit too much of him in some ways because he, he you know, he, he had a bit of an injury and. It, it does disrupt you, certainly pre-season. It does disrupt you, and it does affect your rhythm. And he's come back into the side, and he's he's played sort of 60 minutes here and there. And he, he played the full 90, if I remember rightly, against Portsmouth. And I thought he was OK. I thought he was OK, but he's a very different type of player. He you know, he kind of has done that defensive midfield role for us. But I don't think he does it like a Jedanak. I think he's more of a... He's nearer to Dan's in that he's more the sort of player that will run with the ball at his feet and trying to trying to link play whereas Jednak now he's sort of got used to the to the English game and starting to you know put his foot in there a bit more he's not a quick player but he's he's more inclined to sort of play a pass and what have you but um yeah sort of to get onto that <laughs> the point I'm trying to make really is uh, we certainly didn't didn't go out to draw that game. we certainly didn't go out to play this what was effectively an ineffective style where we weren't creating and sort of gave the impetus to Portsmouth um can, you, can you, I don't know if Pax is back yet, to be honest, so I'll go go to you again, Mark. Uh, yeah. Do you... I mean, what was it? You say we lacked Spark. What do you think was, what was missing in, in the team? Cause, um, you know, do you feel... Well,
2: uh, basically, I think we started off OK for uh, the early part of the first half, and I thought the football wasn't too bad, and it was reasonably composed, reasonably calm. And we looked quite dangerous, but we lacked a decent final ball, which is something I think uh, has been happening for at least the last three or four games now. So mm. it, without a decent final ball, we're not going to create any chances and score any goals. So that, that's obvious, but we still seem to be playing this same sort of, Their variations of the same thing, whether they're 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-2-1, whatever happens, it's Murray up front on his own. And Murray's got a good feet but we're always lumping it up to him and uh yeah. his and it doesn't work because we don't have any he doesn't have anyone to play off he's not actually that great in the air in fact i think easter is better in the air than he is even though he's a slightly shorter guy and mm. um uh we've seen from the goals that murray has scored this season that he he's got good feet and we don't play it to feet and yeah. uh i think that is you know you can see for it with no goals in three games uh murray uh works his socks off from you know every game uh, Mm. he gets absolutely no service in fact i don't i don't remember us having to work was it henderson in goal for portsmouth it was yeah yeah yeah, yeah, i don't remember him having to actually make a save i remember klein had a chance the ball was pulled back and it kind of got stuck under his feet or went slightly behind him and by the Mm. time he sort of had it under control they blocked it that's but that right. was about the only effort of any note I can mm. remember in the whole match. Uh I thought um of the players uh on the pitch, I think it was I mean I uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's so like like I thought um apart from Klein's chances I just mentioned we didn't yeah, yeah. we didn't we didn't, actually, chances, They they headed against the bar they Kitchen should have scored from six yards in the final yeah, set. Yeah. and um, uh, And Gardner had a mad 30 seconds in the second half, where he was playing <laughs> the ball across the face of the goal, on the edge of the box, not once, yeah. but twice. And that nearly let Pompey in, and I thought, the bloke needs his head examined. You know? Yeah, but, I mean, you have
1: snaps no, well remembered. He, he, um, yeah, he certainly was... He, him and him and Paddy have been playing very well together, um, and he's certainly he's been trying to play like that relaxed sort of centre-half. Occasionally, you know, put his foot on the ball, sort of stroke it about... Sometimes you shouldn't do that, and like you say, he had he had a
2: mad few moments. I want to uh, bring. I think, yeah, I was just going to say that I think Ambrose and Zaha were very poor for me on the day, and um, uh, and when you look at the team, it, the team that went out, and then how they played, mm. then you start looking at the bench and you're thinking, well, maybe they should have done things differently, but we can talk about that. Later
1: yeah, on. Yeah, we can. I think it's it's quite interesting to see that sometimes you know, when when you're playing well and you're getting results and you're looking at the team and you're saying it's quite hard to pick a team here, it's quite weird. you know, we've got all these options on the bench. I, I felt against Portsmouth and a little bit against Cardiff, which we'll talk about in a very short time. I, I sort of looked at it and I thought because we're not playing quite as well, I'm starting to I'm starting to look and think, Oh, who have we got on there that can change it? And I think it was uh, Portsmouth we had O'Keefe okay on the bench and I thought yeah, it's not quite the same as having johnny williams to come on and that sort of thing you know and I, I don't thought, think yeah. i don't think he was going to be the right player to to give us that attacking spark but um sorry pax so what i wanted to ask you um was uh something mark was talking about about um playing the long ball up to glenn murray and that's happened in the last few that happened at Reading, and it's happened um happened against portsmouth and it happened against cardiff as well which we'll come to but um, but he's just not getting any support up there. I mean, have you, have you got any thoughts on on why it is that we started to start start to play
3: this long ball game? I haven't got a clue why, why we're suddenly starting to play it because looking at the other games, when you look at the highlights, and I watch it on Palace Player, and we've made some really good moves in the last few weeks, and suddenly there's been a huge change in it, and it's not good because it doesn't suit his style of game. I mean, when you looked, when he scored all those goals for Brighton. And I hate to say it, but they've been playing some lovely football, all to his feet. And then he just, if there's someone up there with him, he has the support. And then he can make his good runs, because he's got such good movement. Oh. And that's where, he, that's where Murray scores goals, in the box. But we're not even being able to get the ball into the box. It seems the same old stuff every time. Going out wide and then crossing the ball in. Yeah. I-, I don't know if you know... predictable.
1: Yeah, it is getting predictable, you're quite right. And I, I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but in the, in the, in the couple of games, certainly Readingham and, uh, and Portsmouth anyway, I don't think we've even got this far uh, up the pitch against um, Cardiff. But basically, to um, there was a couple of times where a cross would come in, you know, take a couple of deflections and come to Murray, and his touch just wasn't there. And it's one of the, the early aspects of his game that was so good when he came into the side. It was a really great first touch, but... When you're spending the entire game jumping up and trying to flick headers on and, and not really getting the ball to feet, sometimes when you've got you've got that split second to make a decision and, and to put the ball in and there, you, you can't react quick enough. And I think Murray's really suffered from that a couple of times as well, which is, which is pretty disappointing really. Um,
3: yeah, that's uh, a fair point. I just think he needs some up there with him. Whenever we play two up front, we just do so much better when we just play standard four four two. It who would you put up there with impacts uh personally i put eastrock though then
1: i would mark because he works his nuts off he does indeed mark do you think
2: similar well i look back to the ipswich game which was probably the best performance of the season i think anyway and um murray was the lone striker but he had um Scannell and and parr on one side and zaha on the other and we absolutely destroyed them with pace but it doesn't seem like um, you know the we're able to sort of put that um, type of performance together at the moment. It's like we, the players aren't all all gelling for the same match. You know, a couple of them have standout games one week and then a couple the other. And instead of the whole team being collectively uh, good on one for one particular game is like people are having poor games and that's obviously affecting like Ambrose and Zaha I thought were poor and you're talking about someone who's playing, you know, in midfield and someone who's supposed to uh have pace and mm. isn't really isn't really involved in the game and and obviously Murray's gonna you know he's short of options and uh I think Ambrose should have come off a lot earlier and uh mm. I wouldn't have actually taken par off because I quite like par playing in front of yeah, Mo- Moxie nice. because I think he's, he's more of an attacking threat and I think I would have um, I think I would have brought on um, uh, I think uh, I don't know, I think I might, t- might have taken uh, God, it's difficult to
1: have I would have gone with Zahar off myself because I, I think yeah, was, I, yeah. I, I wanna talk, something I actually want to talk about Mark, uh, Wilf Zaha, it's relevant to the Cardiff game as well but uh, it's it's obviously we've we got to a point where um, where he came on against ooh, the team we beat 1 0. <laughs> Bristol City, I think it was, wasn't yeah. it? No. Uh, yeah. or, no, it came on against Reading when he went. Sorry, it was Reading when he uh, was sort of dancing around, wasn't it? I can't remember. No, no, it was Bristol City. Yeah. When he was, yeah, with the, uh, you know he's just too good for you and he and he, you know he had a similar uh effect uh, on some of the reading defenders shall we say uh but yeah certainly looked like he'd i mean he'd hit the best form of his palace career certainly i think that's without any sort of a doubt uh you know he was a goal threat and and people couldn't get near him i think it started in the middlesbrough cup game and just in a little golden period and and he was he was probably if we're honest him and, and johnny williams were the, were the difference between us getting those results and or, or you know, or just scraping a draw, perhaps at a certain time. Certainly, they they you added a spark that we didn't ha- we haven't had for a couple of weeks.
2: And um, it, was, it was it was kind of strange that only two of the three subs were used. You know, yeah, uh, O'Keefe yeah. and Easter were left. I'd, as I said, I'd have definitely uh, brought Scannel on for Zaha. Left Par on, and then we would have had a good you know Moxie and Par down the left, and uh, Scannell down the right. And then uh, two target men in Easter and and uh, Murray, but I don't I don't understand. And O'Keefe is a much more. Is, is still a midfield player, but he's much more attacking midfield player. And he showed in the, yeah. the cup game that he has got some ability, some passing ability. And it would have been nice to maybe see him come on and or maybe even start with O'Keefe because it's so defensive at home. You know, it's like three a back four and three defensive midfielders and. I just don't think we need that many defensive midfielders in a yeah. home game, and I, you know, you need someone. If if it if Garvin was fit, he would naturally or Marrow he would naturally be the person to do that job. But I think even though O'Keefe's still young and hasn't played a lot, I think he he him coming into the side, he would add a, a new dimension and more, a better attacking midfield uh, yeah. dimension. Whereas well, it, everything's very defensive and 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 very coy and let's not concede, yeah. but but with nothing's happening going forward. Mm. Well, O'Keefe's never let
1: us down when he's when he's played in the cup. He's, it, it, I think, pretty much you can say every round he did he did the role. Where, I know, I think John was talking about it last week. I only listened to last week's show. To, well, like most of it today, so I am um, still quite fresh in my mind. It's very good, lads. Well done. But uh, John, I think John was saying that, um, that <coughs> excuse me, that O'Keefe was um, was kind of doing the unsung role. But I think a lot of people did notice that, and a lot of people picked him out um, as being a good performer in the League Cup games and. Certainly, uh, when, you, when I start myself for replacing Jedinak with KG for me doesn't work. I think it, in that system, we're going to play that system. For me, O'Keefe would have been the right choice. Uh, so I think you're right on that. But what, what really, I'm going to finish on Portsmouth now. But um, I just want to finish on the subject of Zaha. And I want to ask um, well ask, I'll ask Pax first, and then you can, you can comment as well, Mark. Um, if you've got... Well, well I think Zaha is, is suffering from opponents working him out to a point. And what's, what's sort of noticeable, I mean, very much, very much so against Cardiff as well, was he has two players on him. One player goes tight um, and tries to sort of encourage him to do a little trick to get past him. But there's another player who's just sat back, and as soon as Wolf moves that ball, the player steps in to take it away from him. And it's quite, it's quite a simple trick, but it involves having two players. So my question to you, to Pex, is shouldn't shouldn't the other guys be doing more to help him
3: out, or is it just that Wilf's got his head down and he's not looking up? What, what do you think on that? I think it's your second point, mate, of his head being down and not looking up. I've seen on a few occasions where it just seems like he wants to really impress the crowd. And I don't think it's much cockiness, but I still think he need, he's still a very young player, and he's mm. acting like a young player. And I think if he's going to improve, I think Friedman just needs to um, progress him with looking up and being able to pass at the right time, because I just feel... Mm. That there's so many points in the game, yeah, you can take players on, but when you've got good defensive teams like Cardiff and Portsmouth, where's your mm. plan B? Let's get yes. the ball in the middle and switch it, switch wings. Mm. I just think I haven't seen much of that in the last two weeks, and with all the talk that's going on about him as well, mm-hmm. teams aren't stupid, are they? They're going yeah. to toss him out as no tomorrow. Absolutely, so, that's
1: very well yeah. put, mate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark, do you want to extend on that in any yeah. way?
2: Well yeah, he's 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 well, Czar's basically a confidence player, isn't he? That's the nuts and bolts of it. When things aren't going his way, he doesn't perform, he gets a bit rattled, he uh he loses interest and uh and he becomes ineffective. But you know, when he when um you know, things aren't going well, I don't understand why, like uh, Pax was saying like Scanlon and Zaha, or whoever's on the opposite side, don't swap because he'll be a right-footed player playing on the left. He can cut in. You know, he doesn't have to go yeah. down the outside. And I, I think you know, it'd be quite a useful weapon for, for Palace if if you know the wing, you know the wing backs or the wingers, whatever you want to call them nowadays. Mm. If they, um, if they swap sides from time to time. But you know, he he does run a little bit with his head down, and his final ball isn't always. The greatest but um, he 's a young yeah. lad and, but but the other thing is also i don 't understand is if he 's being double banked, there yeah. must be space must be being created somewhere else because someone has had to have left their role wherever that might be, and created space elsewhere on the pitch, and we don 't seem to be able to take advantage of that and and there must be holes where uh, they you know uh, using two players. To, or oh, sometimes yeah, three yeah. three on occasions too yep. to sort of keep Zaha at bay and and yet that that space is we're not we're not you know using yeah, the, I mean, that obviously you, you know
1: obviously the the smart teams will will have that space in our defense, if you know what i mean they'll they'll drop a player back but but I mean, and I suppose we've seen a couple of nil nils in a row, and we're talking about a nil nil now. I mean, it's a little bit of a different story with Cardiff. But but when you, that's, I suppose in some ways, that's why we've ended up with no team scoring because they've sacrificed a little bit to um to perhaps nullify. I uh, certainly they've certainly nullified the supply at, at times as well. To Zaha, I think, uh, Reading, Reading and um, Portsmouth for example, is where Zaha started quite quite impressively and, and look, looked like he was going to have a good game. Uh, and there was a reaction to it from both clubs. I think both, you know, very, very quickly they realised that not only do we have to get people on him when he's on, is in possession of the ball, but we don't actually have to do that. If we stop him getting possession in the first place. And, you know, being, putting pressure on our central midfield, who, who do, like you say, Mark, uh, do a fantastic job defensively, but but and again, certainly away from home as well. Um, but but when you've got two defensive-minded players who aren't who aren't going to be the sort of you know, people to take advantage of the space. They're just, they just want to, you know, they're fetching and carrying. They just want to offload the ball to those, you know, to those attacking talents. And I think it's quite easy to spot that. And I think teams have, and that's when we go to Pax's point about having a plan B, not, not just for Zaha himself, but I think it's team as a whole. But so, I think,
2: uh, he does, you know, he does run off, you know, into, into, um, uh, areas of the park where he, he finds himself, you know, uh, you know, on his own. And, and that's why I like um, the Moxie-Parr combination because they seem to interchange with each other and they seem to support each other and play for each other down the left side. And, and it's a shame we don't have that, that sort of that combination down the right side because it, I think it's really effective and I, I don't know why Parr doesn't get more regular starts apart from the fact that obviously he spent a whole season more or less before he came to us playing in the Norwegian League, but... Okay, mate. I'll just
1: to pick up, pick up a <laughs> couple of chat comments, then I'm going to hand over to to Pax for his last point. Um, just a couple of things. Lewisham Eagle was saying Easter should have been uh, brought off, uh, brought, off oops, uh, brought on 10 minutes earlier versus Portsmouth. Um, okay, he's only going to... Sorry, Pax, yeah, you're quite right. So yeah, Lewisham says Easter should have been on 10 minutes earlier against Portsmouth. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that. Um don't think Easter's done too much wrong, to, um, to be honest with you. Uh, and also uh, Colin in uh, Hey CJ in, in chat. He said we had a good bench on Saturday. Uh, was it too late that changes were made? Zahar should be should be on the bench. I think it's. I think we getting to the point where, but certainly the youngsters are going to need a rest. But we've got a, we've got an international break where we can do that. So maybe not maybe not a rest out of the team if you know what I mean. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Really, we did we did have a good bench Saturday. Uh, that's a fair comment, but um, those of us that were there, and we're just about to go and talk into it anyway. So, those of us that were there will probably will probably, um, probably recognise that that there wasn't really too much we could do with the way the game was going. So, I, I'll, I'll I'll elaborate that as we as we go into Cardiff now. Really, so um, obviously, uh, long journey up, well, up across whatever, over to uh, to Cardiff. Um, do you know what? It's quite. Um, I'll sort of talk to Nick about this. We're going to phone Nick. Uh, near it in a very short time. I'll let Mikey do that while I'm rambling. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a decent journey. Um, and pff, nice ground, uh, in in my opinion. I had a little bit too much drink, but it was it was one of those games where you, I could see it being another nil nil. Re, I really could. Not a lot going on at either end of the pitch. We look really solid, and, and the setup we've got, it does look better as an away team. We look ready to break if Cardiff gave us that opportunity. Uh, and they were very good at m- about not giving us too much of an opportunity. Uh, I thought if anyone was going to score the first half, it was going to be us. Um, but second half, they changed a few bits and pieces, and um, and we certainly we certainly started to struggle. And I, and I don't think it's it's too much of a stretch to say we pro- probably didn't deserve uh, any points out. But but certainly they were two pretty impressive goals to beat us as well. So <laughs> got to give it some context. Um, Is that ringing noise yeah. annoying? Yeah, that really Hello. annoys, yeah, really annoying. Hello, Nick. Um, yeah, yeah, so we're just talking about Cardiff, mate, and obviously we'd arranged to talk to you before. Um, you know, you, you uh, went up there with your two boys. I did see you, although uh, I saw some blurry shapes, in fact, when I did sort of meet you. But um, yeah. you wanted to talk a little bit about your uh, your experience of the day?
4: Um, I was very impressed with the way you were willing to share your cider with everybody. You, <laughs> you even offered some to my seven-year-old.
1: <laughs> well he had the cold, hard eyes of a drinker, um
4: yeah, or yeah, something. yeah You yeah, told him it was sidetracks. it wasn't really alcoholic bad <laughs> it was, um, it, was, it was very I enjoyed the day on um, palace performance, apart from mm. the last half hour, I thought we matched Cardiff, i thought um, we had a bit of a chance, like you said earlier, it was a cutting edge thing mm. um but um, But I I was really excited about going because they said, oh, it's the family club of the year and, you know, we get special treatment when we get up there and got given a special car park ticket and we were just treated like everybody else when we got there. Sit where you like, hold up the family bit if you want.
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
4: dot it, where you want. So it wasn't really anything out of the ordinary when we got there. That's Will a came shame, up Yeah. Will, Will said, This doesn't seem like a proper football ground, Dad. <laughs> he said, There's no atmosphere. He, yeah. He, he seemed a bit. I don't know. I, I, I use the word soulless. It just, we could have been anywhere. At least yeah, when you go to right. Seller Park, you're at an old fashioned football ground and, you know, it's, it has its faults. But I, I so much prefer Seller Park to a stadium like that, and I'm a bit worried if we get a new stadium, whether it's going to be as soulless as the Cardiff one. Yeah,
1: you're absolutely right. It goes to show you that, I mean, Cardiff. Uh, they're a noisy lot when they travel, and you you expect an atmosphere at home. Um, but I mean, I think we sort of, one of the first things you notice is is everyone sat down. Um, you you know at most grounds, old old and new, you get a, a section that will stand. But you look round Cardiff, and they're all they're all sitting on their hands. and... I, I don't, I Where didn't, it was, it was a surprise, I have to say, it was a really big surprise to, to be in, and I think you're right, and I think it's the, the, stadium itself probably doesn't lend to that. I mean, I had a very positive experience, uh, going into the ground, they, they, you know, they were really nice, they had, I had a laugh and a joke with them, uh, they didn't try and yeah. remove Matt Packham at any time, so, you know, they're obviously a very tolerant, um, you know, happy-go-lucky He tried his hardest, people.
4: though. He tried his hardest, though. He did, Jones he He said, who's yeah. that tall man <laughs> arguing with the stewards and the police? And gesticulating
1: Cardiff fans he was, he was work that should not be a work dance on the radio <laughs> No sorry Yeah, it, it, it wasn't you weren't you weren't being uh, aggressive in any way, Pax, you were having a dance no. with, Yeah you, exactly. Yeah, so you gave them the, the Sam Haman dance and they enjoyed it. They, they gave you a <laughs> Sam Haman dance back. It was it was all fairly light hearted. And then you tr- you tried to leave twice but they wouldn't let you leave so you had to come back again. It was good. <laughs>
4: I think I should. I what what s- music um, did Sam Herman Dance to? What's the song? I'm, I'm about to. Um,
1: I it, there, there was no song. Uh, you know, it's, I'm afraid it was just. It was just ad hoc. Should we say?
4: Yeah. Um, it's an interesting yeah. point about the singing though, and the sitting down. Is, mm. is it? You know, when when any team moves into a new stadium, does it take like three or four years for people to realise where they're where the equivalent of our
1: block B would be in the ground. Well yeah, it's it's an interesting point. In some ways you kinda of hope that um that things will spread out and the whole stage and will get going, but I think in reality what you yeah. end up is, is what Cardiff have got. Um they yeah. did they did sing a couple of times, you know, and when and when they did get going it was noisy, but it you know, it was a we we've talked a lot about some shocking home atmospheres and I, I think probably Ipswich is. It's done, you know. It was 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 pretty appalling this this year. But I mean, you know, the, the the overall experience of the day was was pretty good in in my opinion. So, uh, but I can kind of see where your lads coming from in that it doesn't feel like a football stadium. It did, it didn't it? Felt like a, like a concert venue or something like that. You kind of go in, everyone's happy, and you know you get ripped off for food and drink. Uh, you know that kind of experience, the whole rip off experience. But yeah, it's a strange one, really. But, um, it's a
4: good yeah.
1: Yeah, only about ten minutes, but um, yeah, he, he, interesting. He looked a handful. He still, you know, can still move about a bit.
4: Yeah. No, I thought we mentioned. Not, not, but I was really, really positive, especially after the Portsmouth game, the first half. I thought we, we, we had the better of the half, although they came closest to scoring. But but yeah. the second half, just like watching his panis play Portsmouth again.
1: It was yeah yeah I mean. See, we, we've we talked a little bit, well, we've talked in detail about the Portsmouth game. Um, if you have to put your, your finger on it, um, so to speak, what what would you say was missing? Dougie again himself talked about the spark missing. Uh, what was that spark that was missing?
4: Owen oh, Garvin. Yeah? I think. Yeah, we've got, you know, we've talked about KG and, um, and Riot or Jeddy they're, they're quite defensive the really, mm. as, as midfielders. We need somebody to to, to, to kind of be a bit more creative with the passing there. And um, Zahar was moving infield a lot, but mm. for a lot of the game he was invisible again, and we're not, I spoke about it two or three weeks ago, we're not capitalizing on the fact that we've got two or three players on zahar
1: so No. Where's
4: the other, you know, if Scannell played closer to Zahar maybe, or, you know, we had two or three handfuls in there. Mm.
1: Yeah, I th- again, again, and I suppose the kind of surprise element's gone as well. I mean, people obviously are aware of Zahar, but when he hit that that run of form recently, he was, you know, he'd stepped up a couple of gears, and I don't think people were ready for him. But they're ready now, you know. They the first thing they'll be thinking is how do we stop Zahar? You know. And the, w- to do
4: with that.
1: Sorry, say no, that again. To do with that,
4: like, the, the pictures are a bit wetter and a bit greasier, so they're not not as conducive to that closed ball control.
1: Uh, yeah, there's, I suppose there's a bit of that. Um it's it's difficult to say the sort of person you'd have to ask for that really is Wolf. find out if he fives it, finds it any any more difficult. But um certainly it you know he he didn't seem to struggle uh, in the cup against mm, Middlesbrough. Uh you know, which is a pretty wet surface I'll, if if our, my memory serves me correctly, he seemed to do pretty well there. Uh so I don't I don't really know what it is. I I think I think it's just teams have woken up to how we've been playing. You know, when you when you look at, at Crystal Palace at the start of the season, we're expected to be down there. Teams are going to come and look to beat us. They're going to look to look uh, look at us at three points or at least a point. You know, now they look at us. We're we're at the top end of the table. We, you know, we've put in some pretty impressive performances against Brighton <laughs> and Ipswich. Um, we've yeah. know, put in some really good displays there, and I, and I think that's the sort of thing that makes that makes opposition managers sort of sit up and take notice a bit. Maybe think, well, hold on a second, we aren't going to be able to just turn up at Sellers Park and. You know, keep it tight a bit, but play them off the park, you know. You saw what happened West, when West Ham tried to do that. They had to resort to some pretty, you know, um, straightforward tactics, shall we say. Pretty you know, nice and aggressive route one. They, they resorted to that fairly quickly in the end. Uh, and, and I think the, the same can could be, could be said for, for a lot of teams now. They're going to they're gonna set up and make themselves difficult to beat. So we're going to have to think of some way of getting around that now.
4: Yeah, there's similar more points I'd like to make before I go. Um, the person behind said, oh, I hope we, we don't have this, the Aldershot syndrome. Because as soon as Aldershot found out they were playing at Man United in the Cup, they started losing games after playing. Mm-hmm. Thank quick well. And uh, I forgot what second point
1: was now. <laughs> oh, rubbish. I quite like that first point, though. It's something I was, I was going to bring up. Uh, is, it, uh, is it a coincidence that, uh, you know, obviously since it found out about the Man United draw just before the Reading game, um, yeah. and we, we haven't won since, so, yeah. was, you know, it's oh, not a huge matter
4: game. I remembered now, the, 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 um, witnessing the um, club 105-year-old record for not conceding a goal, was it 25 minutes in the game, it's been our longest ever? Was it the longest um, ever, was it? the longest period of time over however many games, not to concede. Yeah, it's more, no, 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 no,
2: no, no. more than 10 hours of football without conceding a goal. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, Mikey says that's correct, so, um, and he knows everything. So that you want
4: correct? me to prize?
1: Uh, no, you've had enough prizes. Your prize was to become part of the presenting team. And do you feel happy about that? Do you?
4: You shouldn't. <laughs> um, well, Mr Gutham's in the room, so I'll say.
1: We'll <laughs> <off>. <laughs> <laughs> OK, buddy, well... If that's, uh, if that's all, right. all you've got for us, you can, uh, you can go now, and um,
4: we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll catch up with you soon, mate. I'll get, I'll get back to the chat room. Take care, boys.
0: Stuff. Cheers, buddy. See you, later.
1: See you Nick. <clears throat> okay, well, we've covered a lot of ground with Nick there, which was good. Um, makes our lives a lot easier, so um, we won't keep you too much longer, really, but I just wanted a couple a couple of little bits and pieces there and, and get get pax and mark to comment on we we've talked about the fact we let la- dougie said we lacked spa what the reasons were for that um no johnny Parr, that's what i want to talk about i'm i'm a big fan of johnny Parr. now he was in norway apparently uh, today i think it was uh collecting a medal from because he qualified for a winner's medal from his previous team who have just won some uh, norwegian cup of some sort uh, so i don't know if that has anything to do with him not being in the, not being about uh, he was on the bench certainly but he didn't play uh, and, and someone obviously pointed out also that the norwegian season sort of comes to an end around now and that's this is when he would normally be stopping uh but, but he didn't start and uh, he tends to be substituted in a lot of games or come on as a sub um, and i don't see it say so i don't see why um i think he's looked fantastic he ch- he he won us you know he were well, hidden the tactics as well but, but him coming on Won us the game Against Brighton uh, And I think he's looked Fantastic every time He's played So Mark Why is
2: Why is Johnny Palm Not playing Yeah it is A million dollar question Because uh, He certainly um, As I mentioned earlier Has uh, A good partnership With Moxie Down the left He's naturally Left footed uh, As is Moxie And uh, He Tracks back well he likes to go forward. I know he hasn't got a lot of pace, but he's got a lot of nous about him. I think he's uh, he's an asset to the team. Why is on the bench? Well, you know, I think I think to be honest, I don't think Doogie really knows what his best team is, and um, I think he's still trying to work it out and what formation, and it's it's trying to fit these people he's got. You know into a certain formation and you know i think Parr is kind of a victim of his own success in the fact that he can he can play uh, a couple of roles i.e sort of uh left back or left side of midfield or attacking midfielder and um i think you know he's sort of a utility player and, mm. and the effect of being a utility player is that sometimes you get to miss out on the games but i think um he like in some ways Easter also is unlucky at the moment not to be playing on a regular basis and I, I, def- I definitely I mean I I would have had him um, probably starting, uh, ahead of par, uh, uh, par starting ahead of part starting ahead of on on Saturday yeah the way we were set up anyway. But uh, I was going to say to you, how 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 did he set up? Was it like four three two one with with sort of KG Jednak and Wright as a defensive midfield?
1: Well, yeah, the, the the four two three one. It was there was that formation again. Uh, you had obviously Scannel left side of that. You had um, you had KG was kind of on the point of the um, of the midfield three, if you like, just just in behind the striker, uh, and then you had Zaha on, on the on the right hand side. So you got yeah your your sort of front four, if you like, was. They included KG in it, and obviously he's he's roaming around the pitch and doing defensive work as well. And that's the that's kind of the immediate point that um, that isolated Murray and, and sort of set the tone really. Now, uh, as as Nick indicated early on, that wasn't really a problem. You know, Zahar looked good. Scannell was was well involved, and he actually Scannell was probably our best player first half, in my in my honest opinion. Uh, but kind of that sort of thing got sort of lost when. Um, you know, it, when we ended up losing the game. But Scannell actually looked really, really good left side. And I, I suppose... Oh, that's an interesting sound. I suppose that that's the... Um,
4: <laughs> oh, right,
1: OK. <laughs> so that was kind of where... Um, this is it's probably, as you're indicating, Mark, it's a really tough decision with Johnny Parr. It's That's where probably Scandal played brilliantly. You, you know, you wouldn't drop him on that kind of performance, certainly first half. So where does Parr come in? And we've been playing him right side as well, haven't we? So it's a very, very difficult thing. But for me... For me, we set up the right way, but we just... We didn't respond to the way the game went in the right way. I think,
2: I think uh, that we set up the right way, but with the wrong players. Do you understand what I mean? Well, I, I do, yeah. I mean, your voice extended
1: into a robot, as you said it, but you said the wrong players, didn't you? It was the right way, but the wrong players.
2: I thought it was, I thought it was the right formation, but mm. with, with, with the wrong, wrong players, you know? Mm. And uh, I think... Um, Par should have come in for one of the defensive midfielders at Cardiff. Looking back now, and uh, you know, it's it's like if you're saying KG's playing on the point of of yep, the front yep. of the midfield players, he's the. I mean, I would I'd have thought that uh, Jedanak would be a better person to play on the point because his his passing uh, is probably better than KG's in terms of going forward. And it sounds like to play k g who's very defensive uh at yeah, the I... point point of a midfield doesn't doesn't make any you might it just does it just seems like a pointless exercise you might as well play williams on the point of uh a, mid, a midfield you know attacking point wise because yeah, well, KG is never going to get forward far enough to make a difference well,
1: you know he can play he can play that role KG but it, 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 like you say because his natural game is perhaps um I, I would say his natural game we we forced him to play defensive and I know that's the way a lot of people still see him uh we because we needed him to do that job when we first brought him in on loan but um I think he's more than capable of, of being a uh, An effect further up the, the the team, but I think he's always going to be a, a player who's box to box, he's always going to want to get involved all over the pitch. So it doesn't really suit that position uh, so much. I hope everyone's enjoying the whole radio fireworks display. Pax is working <laughs> very hard on that. Um, he's, he's spent, there. spent he's,
2: hundreds of pounds on
1: them, he has He's spent <laughs> hundreds of pounds, and he's, he's actually having to launch them out of his room out of a window. Um, he's actually <laughs> waving sparklers. <laughs> It's very, it's very <laughs> difficult for him, but, um, but yeah, I hope you're all enjoying. It I did, I a did tell him to put,
2: put, put one in his mouth and stick his head out. The, uh, yeah, he's uh, not done that window, but uh, just waiting for uh, it to explode. I've,
1: I've allowed myself to be distracted there, Mark. That's what's happened. Um, that's yeah. why I'm not. That's not why I'm, why I'm not on Sky. That's what happens. We end up doing this. Um, look, at the end of the day, our unbeaten run has come to an end. Uh, we, our clean sheet record has come to an end. Um, uh, Cardiff. Uh, I mean, it's the BBC did say this. I'm ignoring it. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> the um, yeah, the BBC rightly did say that, that Cardiff only just edged the game. That's very much true. It's, you know, that is the case. It was just that uh, it was just
2: shaded it against. Us. And, like, I can't. I can't really argue about it. Um, I think um, the difference between Cardiff and Palace was uh, Peter Whittingham, to be honest. Yeah. That's that that that's the sort of guy that we are really missing in midfield, which is hopefully the sort of position that Garvin will take up, you know. And yeah,
1: uh, I think, I'll tell you what, Mark, you've you've absolutely sort of nailed the point I was going to make because I I see Peter Whittingham as, as similar to Ambrose, right? And I know that he's probably more involved than Ambrose gets, and you're quite right to probably draw the the comparison with Garvin. But look, Ambrose has been identified as as the weak link in our our team by some people. Um, he wasn't there nowhere to be seen uh, and we're not creating and and for me when you look at Whittingham's, hit a fantastic free kick he's putting quality deliveries in that's that's kind of almost that's his role in the cardiff team uh, and that's that's pretty much what we need ambrose for and i, I think that's what, when you're playing a game like we played against cardiff where we're not going to create much having someone like ambrose on the set pieces makes all the difference in my view but um yeah, Nick's just asking it uh is it him or did he look like Spironi threw the second goal in? Uh, I'll be honest, I can't haven't seen any of the, the highlights since so I only saw it live, um uh which was obviously blurred. Uh but uh he he certainly uh, you know, my initial thought was that he should have got there and it was I was surprised to see it go in. So um yeah, Aaron disputes that intensely. So uh well, you know, from what
2: I from what I heard he didn't stand a chance of either goal but uh yeah. you know. But uh, it was interesting Doogie's uh, post-match comments Were quite interesting They were pretty spot on really Because uh, he basically said That there were two sides out there That were pretty even And two wonderful strikes Which separated the sides And uh, basically he was saying Cardiff had what we didn't And that was goal scorers And um, you know Although he said he took a lot of positives And he thought that we played quite well For the first hour or so um, You know uh, you know that he basically said that they've thrown a few quid at bringing in good experience and prove the mm. different that prove the difference in the end. That's what no, I mean, kinda going yeah. to. <clears throat> it's, it's very very fair to
1: to to put it that way. I, I think um, I don't think we should ever accept that we shouldn't have the ambition to beat a team like Cardiff. And I think that's where this really comes in. It's it's about where do you draw the line between playing sensibly and and being realistic and setting realistic goals and aspirations and but but to to a point where you're just being too too cautious Uh, and i think we're we're kind of on kind of on a line now where most people will accept that we've overperformed most people accept that that this season so far has gone better than we ever could have hoped um but when you see us go, uh, play a team like Portsmouth who have been struggling and, you know, who haven't got a full-time manager and you see us fail to beat them, then you see us go to Cardiff and, you know, control most of the game, which is pretty much, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have anticipated that at the start of the season. Uh, but then to essentially throw it away and and not really look like having a way back into the game, that's where people are going to start to question. And, you know, that's you know, that's, that's a knock-on effect, really, because it starts to demotivate people when they think that, you know we're going to go to this game, but we're not going to see much much to entertain us and it, it's a misnomer because we are quite entertaining you know when we're confident and when things are flowing there's a move in the first five minutes of the Portsmouth game that was absolutely stunning, but we saw nothing like it um afterwards uh, i you know it's It's a strange situation to be in because we've had, we've had a hard time as a, as supporters over over the years um and we're we're starting to see a, a a management team and a and a squad that can really achieve something, um, but perhaps a, a set off at a pace that we can't maintain. So I think it's up to us just to get yeah. behind it and, and just accept that, you know, we're going to have have a dip. But let's just say it is, it is a dip or a blip. Let's just say that's all it is, and and hopefully we'll be back up to four later on.
2: But I think the the one of the crucial things is going to is how um, Doogie and the players are going to react. Uh, the next time we go behind, because basically, you know, um, it's kind of of late. That's not something that's happened. And I think um, Doogie was about to make a substitution, wasn't he? Just when the first goal yeah, went in. Yeah, hit. it was par. It was going to be par. Yeah. And, and I presume he was, you know, that was for, as an for an attacking point of mm. view. And, of course, then he changed it around. But... Um, it was. It's kind of. Uh, I think uh, my only criticism of Doogie is that um, he doesn't react to situations quick enough. You know, like if the opposition make a substitution, attacking substitution, then we should do sort of like for like and that sort of thing. And I think we bring on players too <coughs> late and and they don't get enough time to get into the game. And you know, it, it's just. Uh, it's. I mean, it's not so much a criticism. It's just. A, it's just a, a comment. Uh, yeah, observation. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, as as he said again in his press conference about, you know, he's got a lot of young players and, um, you know, he was glad the break's come. I mean, I wish the break had come a week ago, to be honest. (laughs) um, uh, And he says we can rest up and go again. Um, Today was probably... Well, I think Mark's gone. Coop, yeah, I think yeah. I'm still here. Coop, yeah, am I still here? Yeah, Baya, Baya, Baya.
1: I think what Mark was quite rightly saying is that um, Dougie had said that there was one game too many. Um, I, I, I would in, I would be inclined to agree with that, and I, and I certainly um, I think the breaks come at a very good time. I think uh, we'll, we'll see a different side when we come back. Um, we're going to let Aaron read us uh, an email first. Uh, and then we'll we'll close up our Cardiff review with a last comment from Pax. So Pax, try and think what that might be. Um, so Aaron, if you're available, can you uh, you read us an email, please?
3: I am available. I am. I shall do. <clears throat> uh, hi guys. Good show as always. Well, we all know that uh, Cardiff was a strange game in the first half. We played quick, incisive football. Uh, I haven't seen that many balls pinned in the box since I. Over at Gusset's ex girlfriend's
2: <laughs> house in the early 90s. Yeah, just to warn you with the rest of this email,
3: Aaron, be... Aaron,
1: just to warn you with the rest of this email, it may be a joke name at the end. Just, just, off yeah.
3: you go. Oh, I just, ah, oh, yes, I can see that. <laughs> the <laughs> second half, we just seemed to give up, although I was impressed with Murray's ability to find space two times in the second half. I saw him pulling off his defender at the far post, but no one found him. Uh, he also came across his marker towards the near post, but Moxie's balls never found him love and light perineum.
1: Oh Dear
3: well, get yes.
1: it, but, you know, I can not, not look yeah. of there. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, I mean I wouldn't really take too much of that too seriously as a as an actual email But there was some interesting innuendo in there and some uh, offensive comments about gusset so it all in all it was a good email Um Okay, so, well, Pax, sort of final thoughts on that Cardiff game as, a, as an experience as a whole, really.
3: All right, let's, we've spoken about the performance. I think the last thing that we haven't really covered is the atmosphere uh, between our fans. Um, yesterday, I thought we didn't take many. Would you say 300? Yeah, three 400, maybe. Three 400. But still, we made a lot of noise again, didn't we? I just thought it was really good. I thought yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was good, and I thought the HF um, helped yesterday as well as... Obviously, when there's not a lot of people there, it's hard. And um, yesterday, it was good. So, well done. Interesting. Apparently, they claim
1: there were 1,500 of us there. Who said that? Um, I, I just said on the radio that was apparently what was said according to Mikey. So I don't really know what happened there, but, uh, there definitely but certainly, was. yeah, there wasn't. Unless a thousand of them were in a. Um, a, a place unknown I don't really understand bit weird that but yeah certainly only a few hundred but you're right Pax it was a good atmosphere and it was um you know a proper away day in that we lost the game <laughs> but still enjoyed ourselves uh, so it was yeah it was good stuff alright so we'll end Cardiff there. pretty much going to have to end the show fairly shortly I'm just going to catch up with some of these emails I'm going to uh, read them myself if you don't mind Aaron because uh, let's just get through them and, and most of them are most of them are made up things Let's face honest, it. I'll probably won't get through them without laughing. Exactly. So um, we've got greetings, Chris. and I don't know who this one's from. I know this is from Jerry, um, regular listener and contributor. Hi, Jerry. Good, good to hear from you again. Uh, it says greetings, Chris and company. Just finished watching the two thousand and five two thousand and eleven DVD. It's really informative. I've got that myself. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, it's the next chapter from the Centenary DVD. And I should encourage all of you to go out and buy it because it's um, certainly the Centenary DVD is a brilliant, brilliant history of. Uh, of Crystal Palace. Anyway, um, he says it gives real insight into the club during the period, especially off the field. He still sees the uh, whole Palace experience at the moment as glass half full. Uh, He says, realistically, until we get a proven goal scorer, he doubts we can maintain a playoff place. Uh, As good as the two home draws are against Reading and Portsmouth, we need to play more to Murray's strengths. Absolutely. Uh, And he thinks an experienced striker like Bradley Wright Phillips at Charlton, or he means Huddersfield Huddersfield forward Jordan Rhodes. Um, But he says perhaps the League Cup um, money might assist us in buying such a player in January uh, I think Jerry's pretty much bang on, if we, if we want to, if we have ambitions and designs on getting anywhere anything like promoted um, I think we certainly need to to invest in the squad, but I don't, I'm not saying it's a necessity I think if we just accept that we're making progress and we do it gradually then then I don't really have a problem with the way we're going, I don't think we need to sign anyone, I think we give Scandal and we give Zaha you know, chances up front and we work with Easter and we try and get him a bit more time to work with Murray. I think that's that's the way to go personally. But if we want to have a go at it and we think, you know, come come sort of the January transfer window, we're we're still well up there and still well in with the shout, then the owners might take that decision, um to keep to keep going. What is going on? I'm getting all sorts of crazy messages. Sorry, I don't mean to get distracted on air, but it's getting annoying. Shut up everyone. Um okay right, so the uh, the next email um i'm going to read uh, and then i'll let the other guys well in fact i'll let mark read the last couple i think maybe pegs. Uh, the next one says oh god it says hiya boys it's my first email to you i listen to your podcast at least five times a week mm, i'm starting to doubt this immediately i wish you were on every day i really missed Hamblow blow last week why did you have that 12 year old on <laughs> Uh, I think it's terrible. We have two games in three days this month. Derby must be laughing their pants off. Is it not a tad unfair? Will we take too, Will we take many to Old Trafford as a result of the 42 squid in price? That's an interesting question there about the two games in three days, which I will ask the lads in a sec. Uh, he says, Is it me, but does Wolf have a twin brother who's playing press at the moment? The one um, the one who's playing at the moment seems a bit shat, really. Interesting. Uh, he says, Any of who look forward to hearing my name on the internet love Bambi. Not convinced. I think whoever Bambi is actually set up an email account today as Bambi Gascoigne. So, well, well done, Bambi. Uh, guys, before we move on from that, I just want to ask you a comment about a uh, question about that, the, the fact that we've got two games in three days. Um, it's, well, really, the, ca- the question is: How do we approach the League Cup game? Do we go all out and try and win that League Cup game, or do we prioritise the league and, and put a stronger team out for a derby? Because uh, you can't play the same team in both games. Mark, what do you think?
2: Well, <laughs> I think that we should put out pretty much the same team that uh, beat Southampton, maybe with one or two changes. Um, I think you've got to stick with the players that got us there. So, you know, players like Price and, uh, uh, you know, should definitely start. And uh, I'm hoping that, you know, I think... because uh, that more fireworks going off in the background? <laughs> <Yep. laughs> Um, and I think you know maybe Ramage will p- come in at centre half. I think Williams should definitely play. I think mean, maybe Easter should play instead of Murray. Um, it's you know it's it's who's fit as well. Maybe Garvin and will be back in the setup come you know three or three or four weeks time, three weeks time. So um, it's difficult to know. Uh, but I think um, that basically it should be based around the team that's got us where we are. Man you aren't going to put out a strong team anyway uh, and um, okay. you know that's the way I look at it I mean okay. it's it's for for a squad of our size you know some of those players are going to have to play twice in three days there's no doubt about it
1: um, Pax what, what, what do you prefer a result against Man U or, or staying sensible and, and you know getting that result in the league against Derby uh,
3: to be honest with you we'd all love a result against Man United yeah. Exactly. Um, so, I, mate, I don't even care I'd go all out Go all out for, man You play two up front If it pays off, it pays off If it doesn't, it doesn't The only way we'll win that game is playing 4-4-2 four, four, and attacking them mm. If we put 11 behind the ball And hope that we can break them There's no chance And even though, yeah, they're not going to play their full team But their second team is <laughs> a team like that could easily qualify for Europe anyway
2: yeah, so exactly. It depends
3: yeah. if we want to embarrass ourselves on the TV or, you know, yeah, you know. Yeah, I I'll think be you're happy right. With three now
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think you're. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. Just it's like you say, it's worth going for it anyway. Um, with the uh the next few emails, uh, Mark, if you want to take the one from Nick, which is just an insult to me, and then you can read yeah. the, the one, Thanks. then you can just read the one from James from West Wickham afterwards. Then, Pax, if you want to read the one from uh, no, from mate, Bad my God.
2: documents won't. All oh. right, uh,
1: fine, fine. I'll cover the last one. So off you go, well, This is
2: to you, Chris. It says, uh, Hambo, you are not that fat. I think your <laughs> problem is just heavy bones. Covered in gravy and mint sauce. Stop <laughs> eating them. Love, Nick. <laughs> well Thanks, Nick. And also, that's quite disturbing.
1: Were you actually watching me what I was eating for my Sunday lunch? Because it's pretty similar to what you just said. It, it did involve yeah. mint sauce. But
2: anyway... Anyway, uh, James from West Wickham, he goes on to say £42 plus travel for Manchester United away in the quarterfinal of the League Cup is ridiculous. I can't see more than 2,000 Palace fans going, especially as it's a midweek game and it's on Sky TV. I, for one, will not be going. And that's from James in West Wickham. Mm. So, uh, well, see a couple of points up there, which is obviously the price of the ticket and the yep. cost of travel. Uh, and he says that he doesn't think more than 2,000 will be going because it's midweek and Sky. On any other match against any other team, I'd say, I'd agree. But I think, um yeah, I you think know, we'll, you know, we're, we're going to find three times that. Yeah, probably yeah. Be well, there. There'll be
1: plenty of people who, who, who you know, who are just just out for that one. Um, I, think, I dare say there'll be a few people taking along friends who are not, you know, who aren't Palace fans who just want to go and see Man United as well.
4: But like me. <laughs>
2: There's a lot of people who support, who support Man United who can't go to see Man United except for cup games. So there'll probably be a lot of once-a-season Man United fans there as well.
1: OK, probably... Uh, right, next email, we've just come up. There's the last three. I, I suspect no, at least two of them are from the same person anyway. I suspect they're all rather uh, insensitive at the very least. The next one says, Hi from Bangkok, so I expect it will be racist as well. <coughs> Excuse me. So it says... Hi from Bangkok. We have a terrible floods out here. The piss pump already up to my girlfriend's bollocks. I think this international break has come just at the right time. Palace have sounded tired and jaded. We have young players and these are rarely consistent for a whole season. It's a very salient point in the middle of the madness. Mm. Um, if we're in the playoffs come January, do you think CPFC 2010 will splash out of the transfer window? Sort of touched on this a minute ago. Um, I think it's, I think if they, want, they see there being the signs that we could definitely go up, um, it will be a gamble. It will be a huge gamble. Personally, I don't see it. I think we're growing. I think we can try and grow the side in the right way. Uh, and if we happen to get promoted while we're doing it, fantastic. But, but we're probably not going to be ready for a couple of seasons. I think people should probably adjust their, uh, uh, their thoughts and opinions accordingly. Would you agree
2: with that, uh, Mark? I think uh, CPS 2010 might um, bring in a couple of players, say, on loan if we are pushing but there's no way they're going to break the bank not after what the club's been through over the last couple of years so there's not going to be any money spent if we have to sell somebody maybe klein for example um that would fund uh, um maybe a couple of loan players we could certainly do um maybe with another striker and another midfield player attacking yeah. midfield player and uh, you don't know what sort of injuries are going to come up and yeah, uh, uh, and uh, suspensions and so forth come the new year. So, but uh, I, you know, they're they're sensible guys, aren't they? That run our club now, and uh, yep. I can't see them breaking the bank for anybody. Not even somebody like Jordan Rhodes, who's been linked with the club numerous times. Mm-hmm. So, I think uh, Huddersfield won about three million. There's no way any. Yeah, I think that that price.
1: That. Is, I think that price has been going up. Now he's scored 14 goals this season. We did, we did oh, try. He, he's
2: quality player, but um, there's no way. I put money on it that CPS 2010 will spend three million on it. No, 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 chance. No. I think I mean, like you say, uh,
1: of when Steve was on the um, the other week on here, the, the sort of only indication really on on contracts when he was talking about that um, was that uh, the only one he didn't have control over was he didn't say didn't say who it was, but the inference was that it was Nathaniel Klein, and that there could be consideration given, you know, should should an offer come in there. I read various things about whether or not that will actually happen but um
2: depends what what clients motives for leaving are i mean if it's financial then we can probably pay him what he wants mm. from the well, returns from the manu game but i mean if if he's looking for uh he's obviously he's got the ability to play at a high level if he looking to do that and obviously he doesn't think that we're gonna go up which is yeah. obviously very slight, then uh, obviously he deserves his chance. But yeah. as long as yeah. we don't get stung, something, you know, well, we're not, we're, we're not, get more than about one, one and a half million for him, are we? Yeah, exactly.
1: Now, you, you hear various different things about, you know, the, the whys and wheres of him leaving, and, I, you know, I don't really want to comment on, on speculation and all that, but all I will say is obviously he's given us plenty of game time. Uh, he could have been earning a hell of a lot more money at Palace, you know, for the same amount of period um, by agreeing a new contract, but for whatever reason, you know he's he's decided not to do that, um, and you know if he leaves, which I suspect he will, good luck to him. And, and I say I hope we get a decent value for him, and we don't have to go down the the sort of tribunal route and all that sort of stuff. But we'll see we'll see what happens. So I think certainly if there's a movement out, it's going to be him, uh, other than loans. But um, all right, well just to finish finish off here, um, we've got two more emails from the same person, and they are essentially just joke emails. Um, They are, we've got, uh, he says, the palace cheerleaders make me angry. Sometimes I find myself shaking a fist at them, which is good. It's a good joke. And the final joke is, Wolf Zaha reminds me of Serial Thriller's wife. She always has two men on her as well. But lovely emails. But I did say I'd read them all out. So there they are. I've read out everything we've got.
2: I've got a couple of uh, topics uh, just briefly to mention. Yeah. I wanted to say congratulations on behalf of everybody to Nathaniel Klein for winning the Empire Championship Player of the Month for October. Indeed. A bit surprised as he only came back into the team on the 15th against Watford, but fully deserved and Mm -hmm. uh, congratulations to him. David Wright, new one-year contract extension, so congratulations to him and good on him. I think he deserves that. And uh, a little mention for Wes Fotheringham, who's uh, having a blinder at Swindon at the moment, and uh, he's kept... I, I can't I don't know how many regular clean sheets anyway he's not conceded uh, a goal uh,
1: since he joined and, and he's yeah, one game, one five games one game yeah. away from breaking their records as well And i so see um and I see he's
2: due to have contract talks with uh with doogie Freeman at christmas <laughs> and uh, and prices contract <laughs> ends at the end of this season i believe so yeah. I think it's uh he's a great prospect yeah. Uh, yeah. everyone who's seen him thinks that obviously uh you know he likes it at Palace, and he he's looking to uh, fill Julian Sprony's boots in, in the next <laughs> year I, or two. Can I? Can I just say Bob,
1: that your um, your your internet connection is causing you to slow down? But I really am enjoying Robot Mark. It's uh, <laughs> you're, it's the best version of Mark that I've ever worked with.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. There yeah, we go. Was. So that's right, Klein, and uh Wes Fovin and good luck to all of them. Mm, absolutely.
1: Alright, cheers buddy. Um well that'll be it. Let's just let's just end it there. Uh thanks very much to to Mark and to Pax for joining me today and for Aaron for all his hard work in the background as well. Uh and obviously Mike here, I don't like to leave him out even though he's pretty much done nothing today. Um Yep, uh thanks to everyone for listening and we'll speak to you well. Before I go, obviously, probably better just to mention tomorrow's show. Oh, my God, I nearly, did, nearly forgot. Uh, obviously, tomorrow is the EPPP debate uh, with Steve Parrish and Gareth Southgate. Uh, tune in from 8 p.m. onwards. Um, it's going to be a fantastic one. Obviously, the, probably the earlier you connect, the better on that, because we might. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. shouting over fireworks. <laughs>
2: It's the, they're just doing the finale next door. <laughs> why, can't just, why can't he just mute his microphone? What's wrong oh, with man, it? is he brain go. dead, isn't he? I, I oh, really, uh, you've got to finish uh, it off, the old uh, fireworks.
3: Yeah, go on, look, I am, Yeah,
2: I am. Even, um, my cat is, even my cat in my flat is scared. I'm fully focused, right. Okay,
1: so, uh, obviously, uh, do connect early, because uh, we've, we've upgraded the server for that one. Um, but there's still a limit on the number of people who will be able to listen live. So you know, if things go completely mental, we might reach that limit. You never know. So yeah, uh, at make sure t- to be sure. Yeah, choosing at seven t- from seven thirty to be sure. Um, but to be sure, uh, anyway. But um, yeah, that's going to be a, a fantastic and enlightening debate that I I would think um, everyone will want to want to hear. And obviously, it will be a podcast for that. But it might take a while to come up. So if you want to hear that stuff live, make sure you tune in. Tomorrow www uh,
4: Okay,
1: cheers everyone. Goodbye.
2: See nice to you zero. tomorrow. Goodbye. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.